Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we're talking about what analytics think of Victor Wembenyama. So Vic is halfway through his rookie year. There's enough of a sample here. Obviously, all the hype in the world coming into the league. The biggest prospect probably since LeBron. And things have been exciting in the highlights, although we know he's on one of the worst teams in the league in the Spurs. So that's going to affect some of his numbers. And I would like to get sort of a an unbiased opinion on how his play is. Because it's really hard for us. It's so much 19 years old. The upside's baked in. Looks to be a building block. The highlights have been great. But one of the great things that analytics does is it looks at every single play averages everything together and it gives you an unbiased opinion that can sometimes see through you know maybe some of our I guess we'll just say bias before we get to that though went on a date tonight went to get drinks got a gin and tonic she got she got like a tiny bottle of champagne which was weird and got an appetizer fried calamari my pick she ate it with a fork and it was just weird. It was that was that was a weird combination of things. The <laughs> second thing before we get to Vic, um, Trader Joe's pot stickers. If you haven't had them, get them. They're very solid. Very very solid. Got me through some real tough times. Pop them in the microwave. But the problem is, and this is more just a microwave problem, but specifically with these pot stickers. They just get so hot when they come out. They're lava hot. I know what you're saying. Just microwave them for less time. I've tried. I've messed with the power level. I've messed with the time. I've messed with both the power level and the time. Every time they come out, they're just lava hot. So my plan, microwave, record this podcast, let them cool the entire time. Hopefully, once this is wrapped up, they'll be cool enough to eat. That's the plan. I'll let you know how it goes next episode. But let's get into what the analytics think of Victor Wembenyama. So first, just going to lay out some box score numbers just to get our bearings. 19 points a game, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. And the efficiency leaves a little something to be desired. True shooting plus 7% below league average. So that's not great. Points per game at 19, good. 10 rebounds a game, good. 3 assists for a big, nothing to scoff at. But that 7% uh, below league average efficiency, that hurts. He's the league average from 2 which is good, but he has <laughs> shooting 30% from three and he's shooting five a game. That's tough. It's not, hey, don't do this. Don't get like, because you don't want him to give up on a, a developing three-point shot litter. I think he just turned 20. So there's time, but just it is difficult five times a game to be putting up a three-pointer and only hitting 30% of them. That's crushing his efficiency. Been pretty good from the free throw line, 80%. It's a good shooting indicator at almost five attempts a game. So getting to the free throw line at a, a decent rate for a rookie. So that's the box score numbers. That's just generally where we're at in terms of traditional player. Let's look at the analytics here at Basketball Index. We have him as a stretch big, like I said, taking a lot of threes. And then defensively, we have him as a mobile big, meaning in pick and rolls, he is switching and hedging more often. So for a big, he is spending more time out on the perimeter. 
Those are his uh, offensive and defensive roles. Let's look at his LeBron. He is 38th in LeBron. That's pretty darn good. The offense, the O-LeBron, it's it's below league average. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Right? It's right in the C, C-minus territory. But defensively, he is third in the league in D-LeBron. The entire league, third. Really, really insane defensive impact for a rookie. Compared to all rookies in our database, that goes 11 years back. He is ninth overall in LeBron, and he has the fourth best D LeBron so far. Again, we're like halfway through the season, so that could change, but just generally has been really good, basically on pace for a top 10 rookie season, right? Ninth in LeBron among rookies. And then in the league as a whole, he is 38th in LeBron. So that is looking to be a pretty good player now, and especially in the future when he hits his prime could be something really special already at an all-NBA defensive level. That's exciting for the future. And then the offense, like I said, it's below average, but it is not that far below average. I think I said it's like a C or C-. minus. So that's just general things to take away with LeBron. Let's dive into the shooting numbers. So the true shooting percentage is bad. Like I said, it's 7% below league average. That's bad. Especially bigs generally shoot a higher percent because they're getting more assisted looks near the basket. So you want that to be higher. I think in the future it will be. But we do need to take into account shooting talent, which involves shot quality, your shot making, and your shot creation. Because let me tell you, Vic's shot quality is tremendously bad. It is, uh, well, here, so there's the best way to put this. So among bigs, it is the fourth worst for shot quality. He's just below Jokic and Embiid. So he's getting the same type of shots that the best players in the league are attempting right now. That's going to explain that bad true shooting percentage because the real like the reason we look at stats is we want indicators. We want be like, okay, is this does this look good? Does this look bad? Is this something we can bank on? Is this something that might develop? And you look at the true shooting and you're like, okay, is that a concern? Like how much do I worry about this in someone's rookie season? Shooting talent's really helpful for that because you look, you sort by bigs and you're like, wow, this guy's taking similar shots in terms of difficulty as Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. That really explains the bad shooting percentages and that makes me sleep soundly at night right about his offensive future among rookies in the entire database again goes back 11 years he's 90th percentile in overall shooting talent again that takes into account your shot quality how you're performing on that shot quality in the form of shot making and then how often you're able to self-create so rookie wise this is looking really really strong and offensively, I, I think you're pretty excited about what he is. I think playmaking-wise, in our playmaking talent, he's a B, B-minus type player. So there's definitely some passing out of him as well. So I think you're excited about the future. And more importantly, how do we explain the numbers that have already happened? And you look at that shot quality number, and all of a sudden that that 7% below average for true shooting makes a lot more sense. Let's look at the defense next. Things are pretty amazing on the defensive end. Among bigs, he's 98th percentile in blocks, he's 95th percentile in steals, and he's 95th percentile in deflections. That is unreal defensive playmaking. 
There isn't another player that's 90 percentile in all three of those. And again, that's blocks, steals, and deflections. So there isn't another player in the league that's 90th percentile or better in all three. I had to bring it all the way down to 80th percentile in all three. And the only guy that made it on there is Gogo Pataze. And Gogo Pataze is, I think he's been mentioned in three straight podcasts. This might be a new analytics darling. We might have a new analytics darling on our team, Bataze. He's been in the league for a few years. He's finally in the rotation for the Magic and giving them unbelievable defensive value. His D-LeBron has been very good this season. Uh, But back to Wemby. The steals, the blocks, the deflections have been really good. Another one, he's fourth in defensive positional versatility among bigs. That means he's guarding uh, different types of positions, right? If you're looking at it like point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, he's switching between those much more than all the other centers. He's right next to Draymond Green, Al Horford. In terms of versatility, those guys historically known for their versatility. So you're really, really excited about... The defense for Victor, I think, already is at an All NBA level. I don't think that's, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be hard to sell people on. You back it up with the numbers, the blocks, the steals, the deflections. So, this happens sometimes. There's bigs that have huge block numbers, but the deflections and steals aren't that high, and you're able to generate. We talk about this a lot. Like you're able to generate fast break transition opportunities much more off steals than blocks. It does happen off of blocks, but much more frequently off steals. And then deflections. That's another thing where like you can get a deflection and then one of your teammates can get a steal. So like it leads to a lot more defensive playmaking because the blocks again are great, but the deflections happen at like a way higher rate. So anytime you have a guy like racking up a ton of deflections, and I've actually wondered about this. If you have a team full of high deflection guys, if you have a lineup with like three really high deflection guys, what does that do to your defensive playmaking? That's maybe something I dig into this offseason. But the counting stats on defense for Victor are fantastic. Top of the line. The overall D LeBron again is third in the league which is amazing. The versatility is super high, and then he's being used as a mobile big. So again, being able to switch, being able to hedge, being able to play multiple different types of coverages is really valuable. I mean, it's a long way off for the Spurs, but come playoff time. So that is a pretty good kind of roundup of what the analytics think on Victor Weminyama. I think the stat of the podcast is... You look at that true shooting plus at 7% below league average, and that makes you sort of like, oh, that's a little concerning. But then once you explain like fourth worst shot quality among bigs in the league right under Embiid and Jokic, all of a sudden that starts to make sense. Where if you're taking like superstar shot quality to a player that's just turned 20, there's going to be some offensive struggles. There's been you know a ton of storylines about them not really having a point guard, not having a lot of passing, them being the Spurs. And when you watch them, it's really evident where there's quite a few guys on the roster that aren't NBA players, where in a few years those players won't be in the league. So that's tough. You know, you'd love to see him paired up with a really good point guard to help unlock that. Because again, that's going to help some of the efficiency. If you're getting like role man possessions, you're catching more laydowns around the basket, that's going to cause that efficiency to really spike. But, you know, that's not there yet. They have years to get that in place. But for right now, I would say Vic is a 
okay offensive player. Again, he's able to give you some volume, which is helpful. But the real value is coming on the defensive end. Again, 38th in LeBron. I would say that's a that's a pretty decent estimation of his impact this year because the defense has just been through the roof. But, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for Victor Wembenyama, what the analytics think of him. Any housekeeping to get to? Oh, big thanks to the Skills app. The Skills app was the app on Basketball Index I used to research all of this. It is... For my oh, actually, the all the apps serve different purposes, right? So you have the, you have like the headshot app, the scatter plot tool app. That's the same one. That's really helpful for kind of like eyeballing things because you can put everybody together and see how close you get the magnitude a lot better. Because the problem with lists, right, is just one to ten. You lose the magnitude of where guys are because if the top guy's at ten, and then everybody else is at three, you know, three three and a half or like two, two and a half, like you lose that magnitude to that one guy that's like really far off in his own world. If you look at Giannis's finishing talent this year, it's him in outer orbit and there's everybody else. It's not even close. So you'll lose that in one through 10 lists, but the scatter plot tool, that's where you really can see that very easy. We have our leaderboards tool. That one <laughs> just has every every metric under the sun. I think there's like over 250 you can choose from in the dropdown, which... We actually, we've organized it. It's a lot easier to look through now. Um, big ups to Nate. He's our apps guy. He made that a lot easier to sort through. Um, you get the year by year. You get the risers and fallers. There's a lot there. I'm partial to the skills app, mostly because I designed it. <laughs> but if you're trying to research a player, man, you can really just like rattle through things really quickly. You can like hit all the big offensive stats, you know, three-level scoring, finishing talent, mid-range talent, three-point shooting talent all on one page, or you can then tab for each of like those levels of scoring and really zoom in. You can look at the shot quality of each of those things, the shot making, the raw field goal percentages, like really get in depth. There's a defensive tab that just kind of highlights our top defensive metrics. So you can really, really quickly do a lot of research on a lot of players. So the skills app is fantastic for really any content creator or research or stuff like that. Uh, what else do we got? I'm pulling up the thing right now. We have, oh, we have our player cards app. That was uh, Filippo's designed that in the off season. Really great. Type in a player and you can look at just their top five stats, their bottom five stats. Uh, you can extend it to 10. And then you can look at like their top five shot quality for shot types, bottom five, and just stuff like that. Like really, really macro look at what a player's really good at or really either bad at or doesn't do at all. I think that's probably the most helpful thing. You'll be like, oh, this guy has zero post touches, so probably doesn't go in the post. It'll be in the bottom five metrics. That's another one uh, that's very good. What else have we got? Uh, oh, the team leaderboards app. That one's really helpful, again, because you can scatter plot things. You can see how teams stack up different uh, talents or just overall, you know, offensive, defensive rating. Lots of really useful stuff. I guess I'm just rattling through all the products we have at our premium data. <laughs> um, we have the role fit tool that will tell you based on your skills and your analytics, what role you should be used offensively or defensively. That's a useful one when players are going to new situations or if uh, a player leaves, right? So let's say like James Harden leaves and then you like look at Tyrese Maxey's role fit, you're like, okay, is this a good idea to bump him up to a larger role? Answer, yes. <laughs> and then we have the Legacy Pro Player Profiles, which is our, um, those are actually getting revamped right now. I don't know when they're gonna come out, but you can look at the player profile, just get like a, 
very easy one page of everything they do. It's grouped again by like stats. So you have all the finishing stuff near each other, all the three point stuff near each other. Really easy to just go down and get kind of a deep dive on a player. So those are going to be coming out, a new version of those with even more stats, um, better organized. Uh, the layout is optimized. Again, I designed the layout, so you know, I'll take my uh, <laughs> take my thank yous on Twitter at Taylor Metrics <laughs> when that does come out. But yeah, that it's uh, going to wrap it up for Vic. I think one thing that did pop out is his mid-range shooting. The per- raw percentages have been bad, but the quality has been has been pretty poor, and he's performed well on his situation. So the mid-range shooting has been pretty good from him, and you wonder, okay, is that going to extend to the three-point shooting? Because like I said, the three-point percentage has been really low this year. It's about 30% on five attempts a game. You hope that there's a jump in year two and three, and then again, that becomes like viable if he can shoot you know, 35% from three, that would be really valuable to go along with everything else that he does. That's, I would say, looking forward, one of the things I'm the most interested in him to see is how that three-point game, because you see it with Chet and OKC, and you're like, okay, this is quite valuable to have. It's really nice. It makes pairing him with another big easier. You see that Chet, they don't really have another big I guess Jalen Williams plays like a little bit, but they could trade for another one. So Victor, same thing, where if he can shoot the three, you saw like the best example is Giannis with Brooke Lopez. That's a real dream pairing because Giannis is at his best when he's in the helper role and he's covering a ton of ground, helping to contest shots, breaking things up, sometimes guarding on the perimeter, but his ability to impact the game off ball and cover a lot of ground, really, really good. So you have Brooke Lopez, who is a classic drop big, wants to contest a ton of shots at the rim, play drop and pick and roll, and he's extremely good there. So you see how those skills blend really well together. People don't talk about that enough. The pairing of Brooke and Giannis has been fantastic. Uh, In a different way, Jokic and Aaron Gordon, where Aaron Gordon's versatility, his size, his strength, his ability to rotate down and battle in the paint, and then you have Jokic, who's pretty good on the perimeter, hedging, getting back to the paint. That combination, if you're going to hedge and then get back and retreat, you need someone that can rotate over and hold their own in the key, offer a little bit of rim protection, really good athlete in Aaron Gordon. So that's another good, really, really good synergistic thing going on with them. And then offensively, they pass to each other really well. So with Victor, the versatility looks really high on defense. But what will be really big is if he can get that three ball up as the years continue into his early 20s, that's going to make the offensive pairing work better for players because it's really hard to find a spacing big. So if you can get it in Vic and then you can play another you know dunker spot guy, you can get the crazy synergy on defense because Victor can cover a lot of ground. I'm actually split on this. I don't know where you'd rather have him because... Having him contest a ton of shots, playing center, being involved in ball coverages, switching, that seems very obvious and really valuable. But I do think it's easier. I've actually been thinking about this. I do think it's easier to find a good defensive center than a good defensive four. Because to be a a really great defensive four, you need to be able to cover a ton of ground. Because you're going to be oftentimes 
rotating over from the corner. You might be guarding a non-shooter. Hopefully you are for defensive purposes. But there is definitely some push and pull going from the key back out to the three-point line to the perimeter. You are also going to be helping on switches. So if you have some strength to not get bullied in the post, that's going to be helpful. If there's a scram situation, right, where let's say your big switches out in a pick and roll, you're five, and then you have a guard trying to guard their center rolling to the basket, that four needs to come over, rotate, and switch places with that small, right? So you need awareness, you need strength, you need mobility, and it's less straightforward. There's a lot more processing that has to go on as a four than a five. And then also just the athleticism to be able to maneuver around the court at that size, at that, you know, six, eight, six, nine, six, ten. For most, you know, power forwards, that size, Victor doesn't count. Victor's so tall, it's ridiculous. But I would be interested to see him slotted in there because he seems like the instincts and is also his ability to pay, play passing lanes, things like that, could really be interesting. I don't know ultimately where he's going to be the most effective because at the end of the day, you might just want him affecting shots at the rim as much as possible because he's just so good at it already. And he's just so darn tall. <laughs> we'll see ultimately where he lands. Maybe it's a hybrid role. Maybe he's with another guy that has a, a high versatility skill set. It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I don't know. That's going to wrap it up. Um, to, to keep from rambling, I'm going to wrap this one up. If you want to talk to me on uh, Twitter, at Taylor Metrics, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast.